Hello, and welcome to the Cuss Running Podcast. Today we have Zoe Bell. Uh, Zoe Bell is an accomplished ultra runner, an accomplished runner, and just a good vibes person all around. And I'm excited to get to know them better. So, Zoe Bell, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Am I saying your name correctly? Yeah, Zoe Bell. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. I was like super focused yeah. on that earlier. No, I was it. like, oh, am I saying it right? I'm saying it right. Okay. <laughs> I was talking to Patty Flynn last week. And you two know each other, which seems very small world to me. How do you two know each other? So I've actually never met Patty in person. I know her through Trans Rockies, mm-hmm. which is this 120 mile or a uh, six mile race that happens over six days if you do the 120 miler and then three days if you do the 60 miler. Mm-hmm. And they have this Facebook group. Um, I was like answering someone's question or like commenting on something. And at that moment, um, I guess it was like something was happening and the background of my um, my picture was, was like the trans fly colors. It might've been like something like trans awareness week or things like that. And so Patty like hit me up in a message because of like the trans flag colors mm-hmm. and we started just talking about like being queer. I was like, not on, I was like, hey, I'm non-binary. And she was like, kind of told me about her identity too. And then we were just like chatting about like trans Rockies and how inclusive it was and how it felt for her going to that because I was going to do that race the next year mm-hmm. and so I kind of just wanted to like feel it out from like a person who might have like a similar experience as me yeah and so that's how we met online and I never <laughs> met her in person <laughs> it was just like and very small just, like, world yeah. I was going to say like we were going to meet up like the day after timely nonsense mm. but she had just ran a 50k yeah. We were like, oh, we're going to meet up like in the afternoon after we like take a nap and settle down. And we both just passed out. Like I <laughs> fell asleep on my Airbnb and she like went home. And then it was like 7 p.m. And we were like, oh my gosh, we just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. What a fun little ultra runner on the internet story. And the only thing that happened is that I you know. both were just crashed from your ultras. That's amazing. I love that so much. Yeah. I love that so much. Okay. I would love to hear your running journey. I know via ultra sign up I got a little bio it looked like you've been running ultras for like five or six years did I make that up seven yeah that sounds okay right I think my first one was like 2014 yeah yeah so eight eight we'll round up eight eight. let's do it so tell me how you got into running and then how you got into ultra running I first started running in like 2010 um I graduated college in like 2008 and it legit took me like that whole two years to like find a job because like the housing market just crashed like it was really tough to get a job and was kind of working just like you know retail um or like just temporary jobs but nothing really that I wanted to do like I really wanted to work in the nonprofit space around um supporting women and women and children or juveniles like experiencing incarceration mm-hmm. and so I was like real because that's where I interned like in college and I kind of wanted to stay like in that lane so I guess too specific of an industry to like try to find a job in 2008 when like everything was like crashing. And during that whole period, I was just finding stuff to um, found this like local 5K near my parents' house, Connecticut, that I trained so hard to do using the Nike running app and just like ran on the treadmill. My parents did, lived in an area where there wasn't a lot of sidewalks. So I did a lot of training like in the gym, um, which is not ideal for me, at least. So ran that 5K. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I ran it. I, don't, I forget my time on it, but I was like struggling 
there was a, a half marathon happening at exactly the same time. It was like one of those races where there was like multiple races happening at the same time. And I remember like asking this person like who passed me, just making sure that I was on the 5K route just because yeah. it seemed so difficult <laughs> that I had to have been like in the middle of the half. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're right. You're where you're supposed to be. And so I finished that. And you know how it goes like after a race, you're like, I want to do this again. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you're like, I'm going to do this again. This is exactly what happened. So yeah, I just looked up other things to do, learned about the New York City Marathon, like the whole process of getting into that. So I tried doing the lottery for a couple of years. Um, didn't really, I mean, I never got it into the lottery because it's impossible yeah. to get into the lottery for New York That's City. That's bonkers. Yeah, Chicago's getting to be like that too, where it's like kind of hard to get into the lottery. Yeah, I mean, everyone I know that really runs it typically gets into a charity. Yeah, they're not getting into the lottery. Yeah. So yeah, and so I never got into the lottery. It ended up moving um, from Connecticut to New York City mm-hmm. um, or back to New York City. And that's when I was able to do their nine plus one program where you run nine races that the race org puts on and then volunteer for one of them. And then you get automatic entry to the next year's oh, New York City Marathon, cool. which is how most, a lot of, I would say like most New Yorkers like get in that way. That's interesting. Right. I didn't even know that was like a program that they have. That's very cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, we're going to knit for, so I can do it in 2023. 5k to marathon built. How, how, what was the time frame from 5k to marathon? I like two years. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's not hard. It's not bad. Like I know people that started out with like a 50k, like that was the first race that they did. It's like, not, not <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm not that kind of person. How did you yeah. find trail running? So I found trainer running through this trail race that north face used to put on mm. in bear mountain um so they used to have this trail series in different states like new york uh, massachusetts like california was like their championship race and so i think really just google of like after the new york city marathon i was like what what else do people do and that's when i discovered people run ultras <laughs> what else do people do and... run marathon? i want to google that now and see what comes up <laughs> And so I learned about the 50K trail race in Bear Mountain, put in my North Face. And I looked at the finishing time. It might have still been an ultra sign up. I forget where they did their like race mm-hmm. records or whatever. But I saw like the, like the, I mean, I don't identify as like a woman, but the woman like gender mm-hmm. was like six hours for a 50K. And I was just like, okay, I can run 32 miles in six hours. This should be fine. Like, it shouldn't be like that tough. <laughs> I get to the race and I didn't I didn't understand like elevation or like roots like tough terrain tough terrain and so like I get there and I realize that there's a reason why this first woman isn't coming in yeah they're not just really a slow person yeah (laughs) it's really hard (laughs) like you must send that chick an email be like I'm so sorry I judged you (laughs) and then yeah and so I did that and I don't know close to cut off I think mm-hmm. it was hard like I fell so many times the first race like I had cuts over my hands like I think I still have scars on my knees from that race yeah. um but then yeah I signed up every single year until they stopped doing that race again mm-hmm. and so that's when I realized like I I really just like the trails more like it's just more scenic I think you know a lot of because the races are smaller it's just more like intimate people you just like know everyone um but, like the vibes are just honestly they feel more supportive than like a big road race, like the New York City Marathon. Oh yeah, it's a totally Which I like. vibe. Yeah. But you're still going back to the marathon, right? Yep. Yep. I love, the, yeah, I also love New York City. Like it's, 
the energy there is like it's like my hometown like as a runner I kind of feel like I have to do it <laughs> so is 50k the no obviously I know 50k is not the longest distance because you came out and did my race and you put down a solid mileage what was it just around 50 that you did I did 42 okay so we can round up that's just around 50 we'll say it <laughs> you know yeah. it's close enough so what what's the furthest distance that you've done so far done 100k okay amazing amazing when was that what race was that it was the great new york hundred okay i've never heard of and this. yeah it's a small race the race director this guy named phil, phil mccarthy mm-hmm. he's awesome like one of the best people that i know um and it's this race that runs through new york city so it starts in times square and makes a really big loop like it goes times square all the way to the bronx cut over to queens down to Brooklyn, across the Brooklyn Bridge, and you end it back in Times Square. So it's a big circle. Oh, wow. And there's, and that's a hundred miler. So the hundred miler goes in a big circle, but the hundred K ends in Queens. Okay. Or okay. Brooklyn. <laughs> Don't get mad at me, Phil, if I totally got that wrong. But it's the hundred K ends like somewhere half, somewhere there, Queens of Brooklyn. And it's like three miles from my apartment. So it was really nice to get home like the day that I did it. Yeah. 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 That's nice. You're not having that kind of long commute. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Okay. That sounds so interesting to do that kind of race. Cause like, how are you running? Are you just dealing with red lights in that course? How are you dealing with that? Um, it runs through a lot of like residential, honestly. So there really oh, okay. isn't a ton of car traffic that you have to navigate around. Yeah. Um, honestly, the busiest part, cause it starts in, at 5 a.m. in Times Square. Oh, so okay. it's really like not busy. Like you can mm-hmm. run in the street up Broadway to, to Central Park and like you hit zero traffic. Yeah. The busiest part was crossing the street for the 100K because I got there like around 7 or 8 p.m. and that there's still like a lot of people on the road mm-hmm. and it's a busy street and like the final like crossing to the finish line was like the busy section. Yeah. And again, it was like not that bad. And they had aid stations set up along the route. I'm amazed by this. Yeah. I'm amazed yeah. by this. They had aid stations um, totally like supported by, you know, a ton of volunteers. What's interesting about this race, though, is that, like, Phil only provides water and Gatorade, so it's up to the volunteers to come out of pocket for different things. Wow. Which is really cool. Like, yeah, it's cool. Like, people really show up and, like, show out for people. Yeah, it's, like, like, some really unique aid station. Yeah, I love, I I try to volunteer for that race when I don't run it. And, like, I, there's, like, a Facebook group, too, for that, and people are just, like, asking, what do runners want? And then people are, like, requesting things they want, so you kind of just build your stock based on what the runners are asking for which is cool yeah yeah yeah. it's nice to be able to tailor it in that way in that way so I mean I see you on Instagram and it's it feels to me that you're like always running a race I feel like you're like always jumping into a race or like showing up at it so what is it that like motivates you to just like keep jumping into races like that because I'm a hardcore introvert I don't do stuff like that so I'm always amazed when people do it um it's really like the community around it I have most of my friends are runners and I always say like I think I need more non-running friends to like talk about other things besides the races we sign up for um and so they're always like sending me like messages or like whatsapp messages being like and like just sending each other links of races to sign up for so and of course we're all like yes I'll do it and I'll see you there or like if we're not doing that we're volunteering so it's really just other people of my friends like showing me races that they're doing and us doing it together and just like having people around me that are just super supportive and super friendly and like 
we're on the same page. And if one's not running, that we're supporting them and like kind of like the other way around. So it's just, I mean, to sum it up, like the vibes. <laughs> the vibes of the race. <laughs> why I continue just... to show up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. So had you already come out as non-binary when you started running 5Ks? So when you started like registering for races? No, no, did not. I have, and I always felt like I wasn't either like a, a boy or a girl as a kid. Um, I mean, I always like hated dresses, like chopped off the hairs of all my Barbies to make them boys, boys. And I just, I don't know, just never felt like either gender, mm-hmm. you, you know, either a boy or a girl. I know there's like multiple genders, but it didn't really come out until, I don't know, mid-20s-ish. Yeah. And so, I mean, by the time that I did um, the North Face race, mm-hmm. I was like fully out. And that's when I was like, that's when I was like, okay, like, I think this is like the thing I'm sticking with. And, you know, like genders can shift all the time, but I was like, okay, this is like, this is it for me. I think this yeah. is definitely it. <laughs> and <laughs> so, right. yeah, I don't know. Burning races as a non-burning person, is, it's tricky um, just because sometimes, like, you know, like a lot of race org or sign-up platforms don't allow you to choose the non-binary gender. So that stuff is a little weird. Um and like I've sort of thought about like, oh, maybe I should stop registering for races if they don't, or maybe I should not register for races if they don't offer like my gender category. And but I don't know. I've I've like floated that idea and kind of like was gonna do that. And then I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that because I don't need other people to like affirm who I am. And mm-hmm. no matter the box I check, I'm still gonna be who I am and I don't need people to like try to erase me. So yeah. I'm still going to like continue to show up and still like sign up races, but still, you know, advocate for more inclusion in that way um, Yeah, to have like that gender marker and for other things that, I mean, there's so many things besides like checking off a third gender, like around inclusion and races. So I'm still going to like work on all that, but I'm still gonna also going to sign up for them because, okay. you know, like I, said, I, I well, really feel like I, I, have, no, I have two things <laughs> about that. Cause it's interesting. You know, I have a lot of conversations where like a, as an RD, if you don't say that you're a safe space, like the assumption is that you're not a safe space, right? Which for some people that aren't feeling like as empowered or as like confident as you to show up at a race can be like a really like nerve wracking thing. And I love even both mentalities, there's nothing wrong with it. Your mentality of being like, no, I'm going to show up and like, just be like, you're not going to cancel me from an event. I'm still going to find joy in this experience, whether you're allowing me to represent myself as I am or not. So one, I love that. That's very badass. And two, I want to hear about other inclusion opportunities that you would like to see furthered in running and in ultra running. So I think for like ultra running, I mean, the field really, I mean, road running too, but the field is really just not as diverse. It's not very diverse when it comes to like gender, when it comes to race and ethnicity. So I'd love to see just more inclusion and more participation of BIPOC and LGBTQ plus athletes. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. I just want to see more of that. But I think like actionable steps, definitely including the the third gender marker uh, for non-binary athletes, having a like an all-gender restroom option for people, mm-hmm. being mindful of pronouns of people as you're crossing the finish line, sometimes you have an announcer and they like just, you know, say your gender or whatever, maybe just doing that and calling everybody like y'all or folks and, you know. <laughs> I love y'all. Not assuming people's y'all. pronouns. Well, y'all's my favorite thing. Yeah, I say it in there and people are like, what? Are, are you even like from here? Why are you saying y'all? Yeah, I mean, um, we're at least, Atlanta and I are at least from the South, so we can swing it, you know, and people don't give us <laughs> a lot of shit from it. But it's, yeah, y'all is all encompassing. It's like the best pronoun the South ever came up with. One of the best things the South has yeah. ever done. <laughs> 
yeah. And then, you know, volunteers and, you know, uh, cheering, like, you go, girl, or things like that. Maybe, like, mm-hmm. having a little cheat sheet of how to be, den- be gender, like, the things that you're saying out loud during races as a volunteer or, like, as a staff person. That's an amazing thing. I'm going to have to, like, jot that down. I feel like in all my conversations recently, I'm coming up with this, like, the volunteer checklist, you know, because as a as an RD, you, you get people to come volunteer for your events, and it's this incredible thing that you're already asking of them. But then I'm hearing from so many, like, how a volunteer can deter the experience, just not purposely ever, but just yeah, of course. from a place of not having the education around it. So having like a thing of like volunteers, these are helpful things to say to everyone that aren't gendered and they aren't diminutive of somebody's experience. So I love that as well. That's definitely something I'm going to implement at my races moving forward. So yay for my volunteers. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cool because like every, when I talk to people, it's always like, okay, like where do I even learn how to do this stuff? And so this is just another place for people to learn like about gender language and like being more inclusive in your in the words that you use yeah it's It's like another cool little resource yeah it's it's wild to me that I mean for people that don't exist in queer spaces like you and I exist right that are in their heteronormative worlds for them to be able to like take a step back and truly look at the world and look how everything is put out there and look how heavily gendered everything is like it's exhausting sometimes you know Mm -hmm. like we have our child and we use they them pronouns with them we're very like that's something we decided we wanted to do until they decide you know what their life's about but it is wild to me that they gender children from the very beginning like clothing why and even like the stuff that they're applying gender to like you can't find little boys clothing with cats on it cats are apparently like you can't it's what you're like (laughs) how are you going to, I mean, cats are male and female. How are we gendering this? (laughs) Right. But like, yeah. In the little girl section, cat stuff, little boy section, no cat stuff. What? (laughs) Like, it's just wild to me. People (laughs) apply gender too. And coming from like living in my queer space to now being a parent, which is not a queer space at all. It is just like jarring. And I, I try to explain it to people the best I can, but like, I feel like if you're not in a queer space and then you go into your heteronormative world, what? that why are we it's yeah. the things mm-hmm. that get gendered and the way that we use it to communicate with people and it's just wild and I'm just like how are we still doing this it's 2022 what are we doing here yeah exactly I um, I used to work for this nonprofit that did um like safe schools work for LGBTQ plus kids in grades k through 12 and one of my friends who worked in the education department like she used to put together all the trainings that we would do for teachers and every like couple months or so when she would like be um i guess updating her slides she would pull put a call out to facebook to like friends and just like ask her to send her pictures of things that are unnecessarily gendered Mm, people would send her like photos of like blue and black like razor blades to like shave your i don't know shave your legs with and like just like deodorant yeah (laughs) And she's like, all these things are just like, what, why, why are we doing this? Why? Yeah. Yeah. And like for there, when you get female label stuff, it'll be more expensive than the guy's stuff. If it's the exact same product, except it's pink. And you're like, I don't, yeah. I don't need it to be pink. I don't, I mean, it gets yeah. pink. Or it's like more expensive. Yeah. yeah. 
you're like, why? Why does it do this? Okay, we could go on a whole, that's a whole other tangent that I'm sure we could go on and on about. Okay, so what are you actively training for right now? What's like your goal rate? Um, I, I have a bunch of races coming up. I don't really know what's my goal rate among them yet. I should honestly probably make the fifth. So, okay, let me like go in chronological order. So <laughs> what is 920? On October 1st or 2nd, whatever like that Saturday is, I have a 25-mile trail race called the Hudson River 25, or Hudson River 50, but there's a 25-mile option where you just do one loop. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that because I don't want to do 50 miles because that sounds <laughs> really hard right now. So of that, and then I'm doing Philly, mm-hmm. the Philly Marathon oh, awesome. in November. Yeah. And then we're going to do the virtual New York City Marathon, not in person. And then I'm going to do the, um, the Prospect Park 50-miler, which is in Frosted Park, there's like the whole park is like a three mile loop. Okay. And so you just run hem- like however many laps to do 50 miles. So I'm, and that's my schedule for the rest of the year. <laughs> so I would say my A race is probably the 50 miler since that's the longest one. I love that. You're one of my favorite types of runners that you just are almost like always trained. You know, you're like the way that you go into races. <laughs> you're just like, I'm always trained. I could jump into that next week. No big deal. And I just love that so much. I know so many runners that are like that. And I'm just like, you, you guys just live your life trained. Like you're ready for an apocalypse, you know, of zombies that you have to run from. You're there. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I was not the runner that like when COVID started, I just stopped running. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't the person that like did more of it. I just like completely stopped. And it's only been like since, you know, the last year and a half ish that I've actually started really running as much as I did before. Yeah, this is not new. This is not new, Zobel. This is like continuation after like a really long break. But I'm really happy to finally be here again to just like be running as much as I am again. <laughs> and then what is like a dream race for you or like a dream adventure? I don't want to lead to a race. I want to do more. I want to explore Southeast Asia more. Oh, so amazing. I, yeah, my family is Filipino. And I went to high school in the Philippines, but I never went to any other countries like in that region. Mm-hmm. And I should have because it's very cheap to fly within that region yeah. oh, from yeah. the Philippines. Yeah, once you're over there. And I fully did not take advantage of that. I mean, I was also like 12, so like I had no money. <laughs> How could you not take advantage of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had no job. I was a child. So that's why I didn't take advantage of it. <laughs> but as an adult, if I ever go back, I would take more I would take a few weeks off and just do more adventuring of that region and see all the things, eat all the durian. And there's like a whole trail and ultra running scene in Southeast Asia, in Asia yeah. as a whole, but in like in the Philippines, in Vietnam and all those countries, they have their whole scene there. And I can't even imagine what those trails would be in the humidity. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There is follow this race organizer um on Facebook, like and they put on ultras in the city that I lived in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's this island called Samal Island and it's like very rocky, very rudy. Um, I mean, it's an island, so it's like not a lot of elevation, but mm-hmm. um, elevation gain, but it's like not flat. Yeah. And so they do a lot of ultras there. At least this one race organizer does. So I do want to go back. If I do go back, it'll be a, like centered around a race that they put on. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I have yet yeah. to run a race in another country, but it seems like that, that's like a bucket list thing, especially in the Philippines. I know we spoke about timely nonsense, but uh, I've been to the Philippines. My family lived there in a, like a Longapo in Subic Bay for a couple of years. So I'm like mm-hmm. vaguely familiar to it, but we went to Baguio one time. I oh, yeah, It's just gorgeous up there. And I can imagine a race in that area would be so beautiful. Yeah. And it's like a little cooler up there too. 
Like, mm-hmm. I know it's like a lot cooler up there. Like, you can grow like strawberries up there because it's that cool, um, which apparently is like not a fruit that you can grow when it's hot. I had no idea. I don't know. I'm going <laughs> be totally wrong. So maybe cut that part out. <laughs> cut out the strawberries <laughs> part, please. I'm going to Google it and see if we're right about it. And if we're right, we're leaving it in. But if we're wrong, no, take the strawberries out for sure. Strawberry like, can you grow strawberries up there? <laughs> And it's, yeah, Baguio is like a beautiful, beautiful part of the Philippines. Oh, yeah. So wonderful. Okay. Hold up. I have one more question for you. What was it going to be? Why did you stop running in COVID? I mean, I cut, you're in New York City, so I can understand parts of why you stopped running in COVID. But what made you come back to it, I guess? Um, I was just, I mean, during COVID, like, I was just like a ball of anxiety, like basically the whole time before like vaccines were a thing. Mm-hmm. And so I like, was just, I like didn't want to catch it. <laughs> I didn't want to give them partner COVID because they're immunocompromised and like have asthma. So I was really trying to just do everything I could to just not give them COVID and keep myself yeah. also like healthy and safe. And so when vaccines like, you know, became a thing and we were able to get them, that's when I was like more comfortable, like being outside and doing the things and like, you know, races started opening back up. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the first race I did, like they required masks the entire time, even while you were running. And it was a mm-hmm. 5K. So I was like, I could run with a mask on. Yeah. Um, or like three miles and so I it was that race that got me like back into running mm-hmm. and that was March of 2021 yeah kind of it was just like that race that was like the catalyst for making me want to get out there again and then races started opening back up like with my friends started I mean up with each other again um, more groups started happening so I was like okay this feels like normal normal times yeah we can go back <laughs> and so to I just yeah and so I just started showing up and then have not stopped <laughs> I love that so much because like you you know you ran the, the, your very first 5k and it was difficult and the memory of running your first 5k I don't think goes away for anybody about how hard it was but then you're like oh I'll just do it in a mask now like can you imagine your first 5k thinking oh let me let me put a mask on and do a 5k yeah that's mm-hmm. so wild like you just think of like your progress as a runner like I love that kind of symbolism in it you know and now you're jumping in all the runs. You're doing all the races. Well, Zoe Bell, I appreciate you so much coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming out here. It was like a pleasure to meet you and like get to know you. And like, you're just a super inspiring person. So, you know, keep it up. Just keep being you. Thank you so much. This was really fun.